Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. On the horn, Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. Cameron Parker, our producer. Jeff, do you know what I'm doing right at this very moment as other than talking to you and talking on there? You know what I'm doing? Making a sandwich? No, no. I am in the uh, home headquarters, but I'm not making a sandwich. I'm untangling. You're not, the, you're not in the bathroom, are you? Nope. Okay. At the kitchen table. All right. I'm at the kitchen table. Um, I'm uh, No, I'm untangling... Uh, cables, broadcast cables and headset cables to repack into our broadcast case to carry North to Waco. That was the reasoning for me uh, being on the air from up here in the Williamson County Bureau here at the house uh, with you in studio, not because I didn't want to see you for an extra day uh, since yesterday you were out yesterday, not because of that, but uh, it's a time saver for me in uh, being able to get on the road once we're on the road to get up to Waco because it's a little bit of an extensive setup to uh, set up there at the Baylor Ballpark to broadcast the game tonight. So that's why I'm here. Jeff's in studio. Cam is in studio. So I'm taking the opportunity during the uh, breaks and during this part, winding up some cables so everything is nice and neatly packed and all that stuff for the roadie. Now, I know you are pretty much tied up with swallowed up with football in the spring game. Are you even making it to Waco for any of the three? I'd be surprised if you were. Uh, at this point, and you know what? Honestly, it's not so much the spring game. It's really uh, the basketball stuff. True. That, that yeah. I'm also covering, too. So, yeah, it's uh, I got my plate full right now. So, pro- I, I, yep. if I had to give you an answer, Craig, I would say as of right now, probably not. But I'm uh-huh. keeping the option open potentially for Sunday. Okay. All right. Uh um, we'll have the game uh, tonight on the horn. And again, just to give uh, folks the uh, the the rundown of how uh, it's working with uh, all of our broadcast signals and frequencies. Uh, tonight's game, Texas and Baylor, will be heard here on 104.9 FM on 104.9. And uh, Texas softball, by the way, throughout the weekend, all three games against the Kansas Jayhawks, uh, Texas at Macombs Field, 34-8-1 are the Longhorns. And uh, they're 6-3 uh, and three in Big 12 Conference play. Uh, they play this evening at 6 o'clock, 545 airtime. Tomorrow afternoon, it's a 4.30 
first pitch because that's on the heels of the spring game and uh, LHN's uh, post-game network coverage on LHN. So, the, so it's a 4.30 first pitch, 4.15 airtime on 105.3 the bat. And then Sunday at noon with an 11.45 a.m. airtime and a noon first pitch. Again, all three Texas softball games on 105.3 the bat. Longhorn Baseball tonight on 104.9. Throughout the weekend on 104.9, definitely, all three Texas baseball games, uh, except for tomorrow because of the spring football game. And so tomorrow, baseball will be on AM 1260 and 101.9 FM. Great daytime signal. You can hear it anywhere around in the area during the daytime. So AM 1260 1019 FM for baseball tomorrow. Tonight, 615 airtime, 630 first pitch here on the horn on 1049. Tomorrow, it is a 145 p.m. airtime, 2 o'clock first pitch on AM 1260 and 1019 FM. And then on Sunday, uh, it's on all of the signals, 104.9 FM and 1019 at AM 1260. Also, uh, tonight, Jeff, you got Rangers Astros, uh, and that's going to be on 1019 and AM 1260. And then tomorrow night on uh, 1019 and AM 1260, and then Sunday evening. So you got the first of the three silver boot matchups between Texas and Houston, and the Rangers at 7 and 5, and the Astros trying to get it in gear right now at 6 and 7. Yeah, uh, too, too early for me to engulf myself in Major League Baseball, Craig. <laughs> Okay. It is. I'm I just telling you, it is. Like the the you for me, just based on and again, it's because I'm you know neck deep in, in Longhorn stuff. Like the NBA season, for all intents and purposes, starts for me right now. I got you. Yeah, you know, you got a couple more of those uh, playing games. Not that tonight. I don't follow it during the year. I mean, had, had I right. not followed it during the regular season, I would have missed the entire Mavericks season. But I, right. it, you know, now is where I follow. It. Hey, before we go any further, uh, speaking uh-huh. of Longhorns. And we've got some news on a lifetime longhorn. Cameron has some breaking news. Give yourself a breaking news sounder here, Cameron. Huh? <laughs> You're deserving of that, Cam. Okay, what's the breaking news? Marquise Goodwin has officially signed with the Cleveland Browns. Okay. Right. And Good for Marquise. I'm glad his career is still continuing in the had, National Football League. He had four touchdowns last year with the Seahawks, by the way, guys. He was, and he was good last year. Yeah. Also, former Westlake star, five-star high school player, Will Baker, is transferring from Nevada to LSU. Interesting. Which means okay. he'll see the Longhorns will see Will Baker at that, in that matchup at the Toyota Center. That's right. That's right. Uh, and I watched Will play a few times uh, for Nevada this past year, and his game has developed. Um, and uh, more of just remember when he was in Texas, he was basically just launching threes. Uh, and and wasn't much of a post presence inside. He's been more. He was more of a post presence for presence for Nevada, um, and they went out in the uh, in the first four in the play in there in Dayton, Ohio. But they uh, but now with LSU. So yeah, you're right. When Texas plays LSU uh, at the Toyota Center in Houston, uh, they'll uh, they'll meet again. They'll see that Brock Cunningham, his former teammate, both at Westlake and with the Longhorns, will. See his old pal Will Baker get Brock. I think just returned from his uh, his uh, you know Brock uh, unplugged seeing America tour that he does every year, where he just gets in his truck after the season is over, and he just takes out takes off 
across the country. He's talked about this at length. He talked about it with us when he was on with us out at Pluckers. And I think he returned back. I saw a tweet from him when he was on his way back, and he was in Amarillo and said, I'll be in class at 3 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. <laughs> so uh, Brock seeing America. Hey, Craig, for, for, for whatever it's worth, Will Baker over the last two seasons uh, at Nevada, he did shoot 37% from three. Oh, he could still shoot the three. He could still shoot the, the the three. I saw him in a game against Utah State. Yeah, the one where he hit like what it's the six in a row to open the game. Or, yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He, he and and I saw him in another game. I want to say New Mexico, maybe. Uh, I saw him in another game uh, where he gets so he can still knock down the shot. I was saying that he was he pretty much didn't do too much other than that when he was with the Longhorns in his brief time and his brief playing time. He didn't play that much. Well, well, well he shot he shot threes when he was at Texas. He averaged one point yep. seven per game. And when you look at his totals, thirty nine threes, he only made six of them. That's a fifteen point four percent clip if your kids if yeah. your kids haven't done the math at home on that. So. Yes. I'm doing um, it so you don't have to. <laughs> Just serving your uh doing a public service. That's what I'm here for, uh, so, Greg. Yeah, absolutely. Useless, useless uh, stuff like that. Uh, all right. Um, before we get to the break, can we get a Flex 30 update? Because uh, it is time for the Flex 30 update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. Well, the UIL state soccer tournament got underway and uh as we mentioned certainly the tournament was well represented had been uh well represented by uh greater austin area schools uh unfortunately did not go uh that well for them yesterday uh heartbreaking loss for georgetown their first and only loss of the season as uh, the eagles fell one nothing and uh, sam mccutcheon retiring as head coach, great season though, Cam for uh, for this Georgetown team before they got knocked out in the semifinals by Frisco. Yeah, first ever appearance in the state uh, tournament, Craig at Burkle Backfield. Only managed only managed about four shots, so credit um, Frisco's defense. Who, by the way, didn't realize their mascot the raccoons. Yeah, they're the raccoons. That's not the oris- original mascot. Then. No, no, it's. it's I would not. hope not. Old, no, it's... no, 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 no. Raccoons is a better mascot name than the original. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Because when I was doing high school football, they were not the raccoons. It was a, it was a, it was a derivation of the word, and um, it got changed. So, for the better. So. Yeah. Why uh, do you have to say it, Cam? Because Craig doesn't need to become a drop across. Yeah, America. I know. I'll go ahead and pull up the Google machine. Yeah. As you say, Joe. Yeah. Just throw, throw that one in there. It, it, yeah, uh, and and it was a little bit alliterative as dark because it went Frisco fighting was the deal. Like, you hear fighting this, fighting that, you know. Um, but, yeah, it was it was different. So, yeah, they're the raccoons now. And uh, they went, and then and then Connolly uh, uh, also, yeah. I, sh- I should have known that uh, one. I should have I known yeah. yeah, you might have been able to see that one coming. Smart, smarter heads prevailed. Yeah. <laughs> 
But anyway, um, so so that one uh, that one happened, and then uh, as we mentioned, also uh, Connolly lost to another Frisco team, Lone Star, uh, lost three nothing last night, so uh, they got knocked out. However. There's still hope for the greater Austin and Central Texas area. Coming up at noon, uh, the Westwood girls in the Final Four taking on the Marcus Marauders from Flower Mountain out of the Louisville ISD. And, uh, the fighting, and then the tonight, fighting Marcus Smarts. Uh, yeah, there they were, weren't they? Uh, and then uh, tonight, Dripping Springs will play Allen in the boys' 6A semifinals. The girls' 6A semifinals, Westwood and Marcus. So... Uh, and then, uh, so right now, uh, your uh, your semifinal, your finalist in 5A, girls and boys are Grapevine against Frisco and El Paso Bel Air against Frisco Lone Star. And then uh, 5 o'clock this afternoon, 7 Lakes High, Katie plays Saxy High, the Garland ISD, and then Dripping Springs against Allen. So there it is. Congratulations, nevertheless, even though they came up short, congratulations uh, certainly to the uh, uh, area schools that advanced, even though they did uh, wind up coming up on the short end. Congratulations, uh, nevertheless, to both Georgetown and also to Conley. Great run for them for those programs this season. Okay, all right, so there it is. There is your, uh, your Flex 30 uh, update, and hopefully the, the ones who are participating today will uh, – be in it and do well for the greater Austin areas. Again, at noon, Westwood against Marcus in the 6A girls semifinals. 7.30 tonight is the um, matchup um, uh, in uh, 6A boys uh, between Dripping Springs and Allen. All right, so there it is, your Flex 30 update. Coming up next, we'll have our Longhorn Notebook for this hour. Um, Which direction were you going with this one? We'll uh, the, uh, notebook. put finishing touches on spring practice and talk a little more spring okay. game before tomorrow. All right, and I'll have a I'll have a baseball note or two since the series opener is tonight, so we've got that coming up. When we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM twelve sixty, we're live, local, and digital on the Horn app at hornfm.com. This is Light the Tower on the Horn. Craigway, Jeff Howe with you here on this Friday. And for those about to rock, we salute you. you plunge headlong into your weekends. Um, but right now, it's time for our second hour. Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. And yeah, you Craig, have some uh, areas, basketball, football, to uh, tend to. Actually, Craig, why don't you get baseball out of the way, and then we'll just finish up with some spring football. Yeah, uh, the Longhorns do open the three-game weekend series tonight against the Baylor Bears, and uh, Texas uh, will have uh, Lucas Gordon back on the mound, as you would expect. So uh, Lucas will be on the mound, takes a 3-0 and record and a 2.17 ERA into the game. Blake Helton will counter for the Baylor Bears, and Helton, uh, who has uh, been their Friday night guy, will go to the mound. 
He's 0-3 in a 7-6-1 ERA. Uh, did pitch better uh, in his last outing against uh, Oklahoma. Got no decision in that one. But uh, Helton will be on the mound for the Bears. The The interesting things about this weekend, and Helton's a right-hander, by the way. Uh, the interesting thing about the, this weekend series uh, with regard to the pitching for both Texas and uh, for Baylor is uh, for Baylor, first of all, the Bears getting Will Rigney back. He had been injured, and uh, he is uh, now 3-1 and one in a 3-3-1 ERA. And uh, so he's slated to go. And for the Longhorns, uh, they've made a changeup with the rotation. Charlie Hurley, who got the start and the win last Sunday against Kansas State, will actually start tomorrow's game. And then Sunday is listed as a TBA. So look for the big right-hander, the transfer from USC, to be the starter tomorrow afternoon in the 2 o'clock first pitch game for Texas against Baylor. So there's your baseball update. And again, uh, tonight, uh, 6.15 airtime, 6.30 first pitch on the Horn. And by the way, go to hornfm.com. You know, I rattled off that whole list of what our programming is doing with Longhorn baseball, Longhorn softball, Rangers uh, baseball, the spring game football broadcast. If it just kind of flew past you or you're like, I need a refresher on that, go to hornfm.com. The entire programming schedule's up there. You'll see which games are on which frequencies all the way through. So let's wrap up talking about the spring game. Uh, And I kind of want to go around the horn here and just ask everybody what – everybody, it's the two of you – what you're looking forward to in the spring game. Cameron, I'll start with you. Give me – Position group, players, something schematically. What what do you want to see? Like it'll be a successful spring game for you, aside from injuries and the obvious. If you see what tomorrow, we've heard a lot about the defensive line. Uh, we heard some great quotes from Sark this past week, I believe on Byron Murphy, and, and Murphy himself said he wants to get into the double digit sack numbers this season. Uh, me and you have discussed in length about Alfred Collins and can he be that consistent dominant force. So uh, yeah. my eyes will be on the defensive line, I think, this spring game. I know everyone's going to be watching the quarterbacks, and I think that's kind of a given at this point. Uh, no Isaiah Nair. That's the only guy who I'm really curious about going into next season, but obviously he still tries to ramp up from his injury. So D-line for me. D-line for you, that's a pretty good place to start. I want to see how deep that group is going to be. Uh, if you can be legitimately four deep like you were last year. Last year you were six deep, but if you can have a legit two deep on that interior defensive line, you've got a chance to once again have one of the best defenses in the Big 12. Craig, what about you? I know you, you've you got the, the best view in the house from up top. Uh, what What's something you want? And you've covered a lot of these, Craig. You've called a lot of these. Uh, outside of the obvious, what what's typically the one thing or a couple of things you come away feeling after a spring game? Uh, well, like I said, I've always told folks not to over-expect and to understand what they're looking at. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't look at some positions and say, hey, what is this group going to look like? What's this group going to look like? And I think, uh, based on what Sark was talking about with us the other day, what he has said in the media availabilities that you've been at, what you talked about last hour in the notebook, I'm curious to see the offensive line. We d- And what I mean by that, I'm curious to see the depth that is building along the offensive front because we know Kelvin Banks isn't going to be out there much, and we know DJ Campbell's not going to be out there. So I, I want to see some of the other guys and see what it looks, what those guys look like at the backup positions, at tackle, at guard, at center, all of that. That's that's one of the areas that I, you know I, I know 
I know, Jeff, I'm running the risk of sounding like you being enamored with the offensive line, <laughs> but I do want to look. I, I, I do want to see what that depth looks like on the offensive front. No, you're right, because think about this, right? Like, you're not going to have D.J. Campbell. You know, Cole Hudson and Connor Robertson have been on the mend all spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, to, to, to be down that many scholarship offensive linemen, and there are seasons in the past where – that that would have crippled you to have to lose three scholarship offensive linemen. I mean, you you would have been that we've seen some years where man, if you lose three, you'd have been struggling to put five out there that you felt any level of good about. Now, if you can right. still if you can still have a legitimate two deep, losing three scholarship, being down three a couple of scholarship guys, then you're in really good shape. And that's a testament to Sark and Kyle Flood. With how you know when they got here, that was one of the points of emphasis: rebuild these lines of scrimmage. You know, yes, we talk about big humans and whatnot, but, man, you just need able bodies. You needed talented bodies. You needed guys with legitimate NFL upsides. And I think we can look at that and see that they've done that with what we saw last year. Do we see them build on that this year? You know, can we see signs that, uh, you know, Malik Ogbo or Nato Omeazulu or man, even like a Jaden Chapman? Uh, some of the young guys. Yes. Are, do, do these guys look like, hey, that's a guy that after a year or two looks like he might be a player. So not everybody's going to be Kelvin Banks and start 13 games as a true freshman. Some guys might take a little bit longer to develop. Some guys might be on a shorter development track. But whatever it is, if you just see some glimpses from those young guys, then I'll I'll feel good about where that position group is, where, where, the, where yep. the arrow is pointing after tomorrow. Right. Yeah, and and then the other thing is we've heard reports throughout the spring about C.J. Baxter and Jaden Blue. If you for folks that are interested in the running back situation with both Jonathan Brooks and Keelan Robinson being, uh, you know, injured and out and nursing injuries and and, and through all of that. So you want to get your first look at C.J. Baxter, okay, and 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 sophomore Jaden Blue, okay, you know. So there's. Uh, there's an opportunity as well, and then and then I think it's also important to point out because you've done a good job of pointing this out, Jeff, with what they'll put on the field in the secondary. You already pointed out that Jalen Catalan won't play, uh, coming back from that shoulder surgery. Um, that, taking a look at the secondary as well, I think it will be uh, uh, one thing on my checklist. Yeah, like Ryan Watts is one of those guys, Craig, that I don't yep. think you'll see a ton of tomorrow. Like right. he'll get his work in and then get out of there. But you know, Austin Jordan. Terrence Brooks, Gavin Holmes, the Wake Forest transfer, is one of the more intriguing guys on this team because he's made some big plays this spring from what we've heard behind the scenes. And depth you're adding in the secondary. You know, I I really hope that it's a situation where you feel good enough about Jaron Thompson and Keaton Crawford that you can get those guys out of there and we get to see – Ex, you know, for for extended snaps, Michael Taft or Larry Turner Gooden or B.J. Allen, some of these younger safeties, because I'm telling you, when Jalen in the fall with a healthy Jalen Catalan and Derek Williams getting in here from high school, the talent in that room is going to be – it's going to kick up a few notches from where it is right now. And there better be a sense of urgency by guys if they don't like their position on the depth chart to start to do something about it this summer. Otherwise, you might get left behind some really, really yeah. talented guys. I'll, For me, I'll take it to offense since it's a position – Craig, the other position that I feel like I'm obsessed with outside of offensive line is tight end. And, again, J.T. Sanders is a guy that – if you're expecting to see a lot of zero tomorrow, uh, you, you're probably going to be disappointed because I don't think you're going to see a ton of them. Nor should you in the spring game. Just right. let him get let him get a little bit. Let just let him get lathered up a little bit, then let him watch the rest of the game from the sideline. But the development of Gunnar Helm, the development of Juan Davis, 
does do those guys look like they're not going to be JT Sanders? And I don't think anybody should expect them to be. But can they close for me what feels like a Grand Canyon sized gap between JT and the rest of the group? And maybe maybe they don't, but if if you can see signs from, from both those guys from Hellman Davis to where like, okay, I, I see where if you needed to, you could you could have them on the field and you, your offense can still function, then that's great. I you know, I don't know how much we'll see schematically, but I hope Sark shows us a little bit of you know, we talked about it on the Longhorn Blitz this week. Uh, you know, just some of the stuff that there were some of the wrinkles that he added last year, if some of that stuff like sp- specifically you know, the two-back set and the 6-0 line package. Do we see him build on some of that stuff? You've, stuff that you've already put on film, right, that, that everybody knows is in your arsenal. Are you, can you build on that, and will you build on that and show it in the spring game with the two-back sets and the 6-0 line package with B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson gone and with Andre Carrick, who was your sixth offensive lineman, with him not in that mix? So schematically, does Sark continue to just build on the the tweaks that we saw last year as he tries to move this thing forward, move this offense forward, take it to the next level. Good point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, so you said you wanted to clean up <laughs> or, or or finish up a few football facts. So that's good. It's good uh, there about what's going to happen with the spring game. Tomorrow. And then and then you know, like I said in the first hour, confirmation over revelation. I just I want to I want to come away feeling somewhere in the ballpark is good about these three quarterbacks as Sark does. Yeah. You know, just know the same stuff he said. No no sloppy turnovers. You know, don't, you know, know what you're doing. Be in command of the offense. Just don't don't have those, don't have prolonged stretches where you just, you, you look like you don't know what you're doing. You know, just be confident, be competent, and, you know, get your work done and, you know, put the spring to bed. That's a good point. Yeah, and uh, you know, I I think that you know that when we come out of the spring game, uh, I know folks will be excited to talk about. It. We talk football all year round, as we know, uh, but when they reconvene uh, back after you know after uh, the summer happens and the guys are doing their individual things, and then, then they come back for the fall camp, then uh, and when guys who have completely recovered from surgery or were held out precautionarily out of the game tomorrow uh, or just, you know, needed to be held out and rested. And when they get the full group on the field, that's when we're really going to get a, a, a good uh, – and hopefully, because you know this, we've seen guys get hurt early in fall camp workouts, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully that won't be the case. And we'll get a chance to see everybody – uh, that they envision as being the contributors, whether they're starters or backups, no matter the position or no matter what side of the football or special teams, that they get their full complement together. And yeah. then, then that's when we get a chance to really see what they're envisioning for what uh, they may be able to do starting Sark's third season. That, that includes your punter addition, getting Ryan yep. Sanborn out of the out of the portal from, from Stanford. He's finishing up at Stanford, won't be here until the summer. But as Sark said the other day, he's like, you know, there was something to the effect of, well, you haven't seen him punt. How good do you feel? He said, look, I've seen him punt the last four years at Stanford. I feel really good about our punter situation right now. So they're excited about him. Anybody else that they add in the portal, Craig, that'll be here this summer, we'll get a look at them. And then, then you know, I mentioned yeah. Derek Williams, but it's, it's the rest of that freshman class that's going to come in. And, I, I, you know, I think you'll 
you'll see some of those guys red shirt. You know, Craig, it's it's weird. A lot of these guys that are coming in, the the still to the the yet to arrive guys, it's crazy how many of their state championship games you called. You know, like uh, like Billy yeah. Walton at South Oak Cliff, Trey Wisner at DeSoto. Uh, but you still got some really talented guys. I mentioned Derek Williams, Ryan Niblett on offense, Jelani McDonald. Uh, you know, where where does he end up? What is his fit? Is it at the star position? Is it at off-ball linebacker? Is it at safety? Uh, Cillia Khan is coming in. He's a guy that I know the staff is, is really excited about. So, uh, yeah, some really good players still to arrive on campus to, to add to the depth. And then Spencer Shannon's a guy that's going to factor into that mix at tight end potentially. Again, that's, that's another one of those things. Guys that are maybe with the twos or even the threes, uh, unless you're a true freshman, which for some of those guys, that's where they probably should be, at least to start out. I mean, if you're one of those guys that's been here for a couple of years and you're further down the depth chart than you would like to be, similar to what I said about uh, some of the other position groups, man, if tomorrow's your last chance to really stake your claim to whatever, to, to state your case, I should say, to move up the depth chart, because once some of these younger guys get in, especially if you're if, if with these younger guys Sark recruited, if you're not a guy that Sark recruited and that they've invested a lot in, it's going to be really easy for that staff to just invest in the guys that they feel like can play. So for some guys on this roster, it'll be, I hate to use the term, but it, it could be do or die tomorrow. You could feel coming out of this game like, yeah, maybe I am stuck here. Maybe I need to think about getting in the portal. So it's 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 going to be the further you go down the roster, I think the bigger it is. The further you go down the depth chart, the bigger tomorrow is for, for some guys. Yep, good point there. All right, we'll be back to wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower here on the Horn 1049, 1019 AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. We're done with today's program, and uh, we hope you have a great weekend. Hope to see you out at DKR Texas Memorial Stadium tomorrow for the Orange White Spring football game. We invite you to stay tuned. Because up now, up next is Chad and Zay. Longhorn baseball tonight on the Horn on 104.9, airtime with a 6.30 first pitch from the Baylor Ballpark in Waco. I'm headed there right now. For our man behind the glass, a producer, Cameron Parker, for my co-host, Jeff Howell, I'm Craig Way. Thanks for joining us. We'll visit with you Monday morning at 10 o'clock on Light the Tower. <laughs>